You're on Radio 1, 91 FM, your weekly politics show every Thursday. And with me on the phone right now, I am joined by Russell Brown, prominent New Zealand journalist, public address blogger of hard news. How are you today, Russell? Oh, very good. Thank you, Abe. Hey, well, thanks for joining us. We're talking about the uh, meth house testing scandal. And um, I guess, firstly, I wanted to ask you, did you ever consider yourself an investigative journalist? Because you have really um, blown the lid off of something that is now uh, being owned up to a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I will I'll, um, put my hand up for that one. I'm quite proud of the work that I did for Matters of Substance on, the, on this story. Um, because this is something that's been festering away for five or six years now, and um, there have been multiple failures in the public sector. And, and it's interesting having seen the Ministry of Health finally come out and, uh, and make comment and actually explain what its guidelines are and are not, because its failure to do so has caused chaos. Well, and that's the big news today. Uh, the ministry has come out with uh, new standards. Now, this is not to be confused with the standards that are being developed by Standards New Zealand, but uh, and I'm not sure exactly how this uh, fits in the process. Maybe you can tell me a little more, but the ministry has come out saying that the the minimum safety threshold is about four times higher than was previously declared, and those thresholds that had been previously declared were only ever developed for testing uh, former meth labs. They were uh, sort of cynically and inappropriately applied by the drug testing companies. And as you mentioned just a moment ago, the ministry never really came out and said, this is wrong. Although people like Dr. Nick Kim, uh, Dr. Leo Shep, uh, reported on by people like you, uh, it was wrong. Now they're coming out and saying it's actually four times higher. How did that come about? Well, uh, I would love to know exactly how it came out behind the scenes because when I contacted them for our story, uh, their only comment was that uh, the information and, and their standards, uh, their, their guidelines for cleaning up uh, former meth labs was self-evident and uh, nothing more needed to be said. And, you know, these go back to 2010. And the Ministry of Health's failure to actually stand up and say something here uh, has been a real problem because the Tenancy Tribunal and Housing New Zealand and various other people at the behest of these meth testing companies have have charged off and caused a lot of harm. Uh, and Nick Kim, you mentioned Nick Kim. Man, that guy deserves a lot of praise because he was prepared to stand up. You know, It's a risk for anyone like that to stand up and tell the government they're wrong. Yeah, well, and, and he 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 said it. And when you read the review published yesterday afternoon by the Ministry of Health, which raises the the it actually calls it a standard for the first time. Um, before that, it was just a guideline. Uh, but that review um, basically endorses everything that he said. Yeah, well, and as you say, I mean, there were people down here, uh, like, for instance, Dr. Leo Shep, who's head of the National Poison Center, who was willing to confirm, you know, the answers to these questions, but didn't really want to go talking in the media. And even now, um, you know, Housing New Zealand, and I guess that's under Ministry for Social Development, um, they're not backing down, and they're not saying sorry. And as you say, the ministry could have said something a long time ago, but didn't. And it it almost smacks of a um, a government agenda, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, especially among ministers and the health ministers, or maybe the associate minister, not wanting to 
admit that this is a false paradigm because we've seen this paradigm and, and I certainly felt like I saw this coming as well where you have, you know, ex-New Zealand police setting up a for-profit drug testing company and then being left to sort of run wild and, and market themselves as an industry and given hands up here and there by government regulators. Uh, it looked like a recipe for disaster from the outset. Do you think the ministers of health had an agenda not to mention this? And do you think, you know, people like Judith Collins and stuff who are sort of attacking the messenger in the form of saying Ross Bell is too sympathetic to meth heads, um, they're really not backing down on this. No, no, and it will be interesting to see what they say now. Um, certainly, the, the one, the minister who was in boots and all on this was Paula Bennett, the social housing minister. Uh, and, you know, back in March, um, all media reported the story of the new housing development in uh, Christchurch where uh, women had been evicted because meth residues were detected. Uh, and she was pretty blunt about demonising those people and and suggested that they were, you know, harming the health of their children uh, and all, all these kinds of other things. A lot of this is tied up in drug stigma, and it, it made it very easy to demonise these tenants, even though what they'd done had not been proven. And, or what they were accused of doing had not been proven, and even though m most of the claims made about the health effects were wrong. Well, and they've gone, and as you say, they went all in, uh, you know, when Paula was doing this attacking, uh, and took families to the tenancy tribunal, which I think is important to point out, has much different evidential thresholds than a, you know, district court, uh, and they took the this sort of unproven science and levied, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of penalties on these families, um, hundreds of people put out of their homes, and that's not even mentioning the knock-on effect for the private real estate market in the midst of a housing crisis with these false guidelines and cowboy operators running around. Yeah, um, absolutely, and uh, the interesting thing is that Housing New Zealand still does not take baseline tests before tenancies, so they can for whatever reason, decide to do a test, find residues, and the basis on which they will attribute that to a given tenant is, is little more than gossip, because they can't actually prove it, uh, because they didn't do a baseline test, and they refuse to do baseline tests because it's too expensive. Uh, so it, it came down to, you know, there's quite a detailed um, series of steps, but most of them are gossip from the neighbours. Well, and it's interesting in the context of, you know, the discussions about work or, uh, you know, drug testing beneficiaries. Uh, and that was always, you know, sort of uh, the holy grail for people like Paula Bennett, but seen as a bridge too far by the New Zealand public. Uh, but surely testing the beneficiaries uh, is fairer than just testing, you know, the wall of their house, which could have come into trace contamination by any means without baselines, as you say. Uh, it's, it's this interesting... Um, Yes, the the whole drug stigma uh, environment of New Zealand. Where do you see this going next? I mean, there's been calls for compensation, apologies. Uh, the government's kind of digging their heels in. Uh, do you think they're going to at least pull back? Or uh, hopefully the, the industry has been slightly kneecapped by this, although the mainstream media seems more than a willing partner uh, with their sort of, um, you know, brand journalism. It almost seems like the meth testing companies are paying for some of these stories. Oh, it's astonishing, uh, you know, and, and I have to say a big part of this has been um, a gullible news media um, who have 
faithfully reprinted uh, stories brought to them by meth testing companies who have an absolute interest in this being seen as a crisis or the next leaky homes crisis or anything like that. But uh, the, you, you mentioned um, drug testing individuals. Um, I have a document, uh, it was a briefing from the Housing New Zealand meth team to staff where they admit to considering drug testing um, people as a condition of tenancy. And it, the, the, the human rights you know, implications of that are astonishing. Yes. You know, the, the, you know, they've really lost touch of their role as uh, a social agency, I think. Yes, a social agency, not a punitive agency. This isn't, um, you know, corrections that administers uh, the state houses. Um, do, do you think that this is going to be a turning point, or do you do you think that the, the powers that be are going to be able to dodge this and navigate this? I mean, already we see Judith Collins attacking Ross Bell, uh, saying, you know, why don't you talk about how bad meth is instead of um, trying to help the users? Yeah, well, Ross Bell's also talked about trying to get more support services for, for um, people who have meth problems as well. It's not like he's ignoring that side of the problem. Um, where you could say the government is. Yeah. Because there simply isn't enough funding for, for support services, which is actually how you deal with something like this. You can't, you, you can't crush something like this from the top down. Yeah, punish um, your way out of it. Yeah, exactly. But, but it, it, it is useful, I think, for people to understand the, the level of so-called contamination that's being talked about here. Uh, I, I thought that um, the Fair Go program with Nick Kim, where they tested um, a pile of banknotes, and nearly all the banknotes were over the uh, the old um, uh, Ministry of Health guideline um, because the, 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 it's such a low level. Mm. And um, it, it was interesting what happened after that because um, I, I know that um, Dr. Kim thought that that might put things in perspective, but what happened instead was he uh, was deluged with calls thereafter by um, pokey machine operators worried that their staff were going to be meth poisoned by handling money. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, and some of the talkback reaction, I mean, even on national radio this morning when they were breaking the story, uh, it was only about 50-50, uh, if even that. So I think, you know, it's an uphill battle to w with the drug stigma environment to, to tell these stories and to get these messages across. One parallel that I saw of this same paradigm, which I feel, um, you know, isn't done proper justice um, and again I can understand why sort of you know institutional um, voices don't really want to speak out about this because it's stigmatized and you can get your head chopped off and, and Nick Kim was very brave but I feel like the same sort of paradigm of ex-cops setting up private you know companies and marketing themselves to industry uh, is happening in the workplace dr drug testing realm and the um, you know legacy use of cannabis in your urine uh, is much more unjust, especially for people who actually you know are supposed working, hardworking, contributing members of society uh, than people who who may or may not have in fact used meth. Uh, there seems to be even less sympathy for the 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 unfairness and hypocrisy inherent in workplace urine testing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, the, and. Uh, it's, that's another, you know, the workplace drug testing is another one of those areas where people see a dollar. Um, uh, uh, there's one, one company that does it, the Drug Detection Agency, one of its major shareholders is Julie Christie, um, who's never, you know, <laughs> always been able to see a dollar uh, in 
things that the rest of us might have misgivings about. Right, right, yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, at least there is some kind of regulation over that. Whether it's just or not is another matter, but um, the, the, the meth testing of houses uh, has just been nuts. Do you think if it wasn't for the housing crisis that this would have been able to cut through? I feel like, I mean, you did some really great work and, you know, uh, you've become more and more of an investigative journalist uh, as the years have wore on and, and less people are willing to tell these stories. But I do kind of feel like if it wasn't for the housing crisis, it might have fallen on deaf ears. Yeah, I wonder. You might be right there. Um, that certainly made it more acute. Um, one interesting thing, I went into that story thinking that maybe this is a, is a deliberate way of freeing up um, housing stock for sale. And I actually couldn't find any evidence of that. It was just a really dumb thing to do that uh, has cost you and I, the taxpayers, tens of millions of dollars. That's, that's the other part of the scandal. Housing New Zealand's budget for, the, for this year alone, for testing and remediation, was $22 million. My understanding is they've gone way past that already. Uh, so you're talking about tens of millions of dollars spent on uh, a misguided application of the science. And you're also talking about the suffering for those people who lost their homes. Yes, well, and then, you know, again, as I say, that's not even taking into account the effect on the private market uh, yeah. of added cost and hardship and delays. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I smell a class action lawsuit brewing. I, I hope there's some... Uh, you know, talented young pro bono lawyers out there who uh, you know smell a good case. But yeah, absolutely. I, I talked to the um, uh, the Property Investors Federation um, back in July, and they were tearing their hair out um, because you got these situations where people could, you know, potential purchasers could require a meth test. Yeah. Uh, and and there were there were even situations where the test came back negative and. Uh, no one involved could actually read the, the negative result as negative. Um, it, it, you know, it would come back as less than whatever the lab's detection limit was, which in scientific terms means there's none there. Yeah, so but it's not like zero. Yeah. yeah. But it's not zero because they can't say zero. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So, and there were actually, Nick, Nick Kim actually noted that there's been a couple of cases where um, uh, house sales have fallen through because no meth was found. <laughs> well, uh, I wonder who the buyer was. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and another agency that's complicit here is the Tenancy Tribunal. People tried to warn them, mm. and they would not listen. And they were, um, the Tenancy Tribunal was insisting that any, uh, any property where any wall was found to be over the 0.5 guideline uh, was therefore uninhabitable and should only be entered by people in hazmat suits, which is absolutely <laughs> fucking nuts. Or when you're handling money, you have to have yeah. the hazmat suit behind the counter. Yeah, yeah uh, and um, uh, actually one, one good illustration of how crazy that is, uh, and it's actually acknowledged in the Ministry of Health review, is that the potential exposure for a child at the 0.5 guideline that everyone's been... Uh, saying makes houses uninhabitable. The potential exposure at that level uh, for a child is one to two thousand times less than uh, a child might be prescribed 
uh, in methamphetamine, but which it's used like Ritalin in the states. Yeah, dexedrine uh, yeah, and the yeah. other amphetamine ADHD yeah. drugs. Yeah, so a, a, a child um, prescribed um, methamphetamine or disoxin, as it's called in the states, uh, gets an exposure two thousand times greater than it could possibly get from a supposedly uninhabitable home. Well, uh, hopefully too many of our listeners aren't going to run out licking banknotes, but uh, we <laughs> we do really appreciate your reporting on this issue, and I, I personally think that you're going to win an award. Uh, you've won an award for me, and uh, alternative media uh, and you know places like the Bnet, uh, it's a shame that that's where these stories get the most exposure, but we really appreciate the work that you do, Russell, and oh, keep it up. Right. Can't wait for your next big scoop. Okay, thank you. Oh, actually, my next story for matters of substance is um, is is about the new uh, hepatitis C antivirals uh, and the Southern District Health Board. Uh, your District Health Board is uh, dropping the ball pretty badly on that. So look out for that story. Excellent. Well, Cheers, thank guys. you so much for joining us, Russell. Cheers. Okay. Bye. Bye. That was Russell Brown, hard news blogger at Public Address and uh, investigative journalist blowing the lid on the meth house testing scandal. You're on Radio 191 FM Politics. It's only here that you're going to hear about stuff like that first and follow it all the way through with the behind the scenes details of people who know what's going on, understand the issues and know the.